2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: I have to thank my friend Jana Hollingsworth at the Star Tribune for doing this story and shining a spotlight on this issue. Um, Police ticketing in Duluth schools show racial disparities. Uh, And the Duluth school board is expected to vote on a new school policing contract this month that's meant to improve that particular program. And and I'm just going to tell you, um, my son was um, going to the Mall of America yesterday for his birthday with his friends. But after um, the shooting there on Thursday, I had to let him know that he would not be going. And he said, well, Mom, there's going to be a lot of extra police and they're going to make sure it was safe. And I said, son, the extra police is the concern. You're a beautiful young black boy. You have twists. Um, You're going to be hopping around that mall. I don't know what these suspects look like. And I don't want anybody to charge you up um, thinking that you did something wrong or you are in some way connected. Because for black and brown parents, the um, presence of increased uh, police. It 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 could be um, disastrous, um, especially for our boys. And so I told my son, "Look, we're gonna wait a while, um, because we're gonna wait till um, they get back to a, a regular level of policing. That things aren't so stressful. Um, that there's not the heightened security. Because I don't want anybody to think that you are anything other." than an amazing 16-year-old boy who works hard at McDonald's, who volunteers in his community, and who helps take care of his three special needs siblings. And and so I wanted to invite um, Jamie Sharp on the show. He is the Law Enforcement uh, Accountability um, Network in Duluth. Um, He is featured in this Star Tribune article, and he is joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the Shaletta Show.
4: Hey, thank you so much for having me today. I'm just excited um, that y'all are interested in hearing what's going on up here in Duluth.
3: Yeah, talk to me about that and the police ticketing in the schools and the racial disparities that um, you all are seeing.
4: Yeah, so as you said, Jenna Hollingsworth of Star Tribune did recently just put out an article where she ran quite a bit of data and found that while black students only typically make up less than 5% of our ISD-709 Duluth public school population, they they received about one-third of police tickets from the fall of 2016 to March of 2022. This study that um, she put together was in response To a press release that the Law Enforcement Accountability Network here in Duluth put out in uh, March. And that found, and that looked at a smaller amount of data, but really just looked at the 2021 2022 um, school year and found that while black students make up maybe around 8 or 9% of the student population, they made up 38% of the tickets that were being written. Um, similarly, similar disparity was found with American Indian or Alaskan native students too, but another really notable kind of interesting, uh, disparity that we found was the difference between the East and the West side, um, for folks who've ever been up Mm to Duluth, there's definitely a very stark difference between the East side of Duluth, the West side of Duluth. Mm Um, so in the 2021, 2022 school year, um, there were a total of, um, Fifty-eight tickets written at Denfeld, which is the West Side High School. Twenty-eight tickets written at Lincoln Park Middle School, which is the West Side Middle School. Only nine tickets written at East High School and one ticket written at East Middle School. So we just see an extreme disparity in race and geography where tickets are being written um, by law enforcement. And I I just want to emphasize, I'm sure we'll go more into this, but I really appreciated your kind of intro to the show, you know, we're talking about children who are at school. Children. Can you just preach about it? Children.
3: Thank you. Can you talk about it? And, and this is the thing. And, and we talk about the pipeline to prison, uh, Jamie. And yep. so I have had to always intentionally either put my children in private school or put my family in a position where we are at the schools that are predominantly white so that they don't have to see bars on the school. They don't have to see the fence around the school. They don't have to see police crawling around the school waiting for them to do something wrong. And I, as a as a black parent, am so tired of my children's skin color being used against them and them being dubbed or labeled criminals before they have even done something wrong. The talks that I have to have with my children, especially my teenage son, who is pretty much a model student and citizen, it, it, it's, it's embarrassing. You know, it, it's, it's embarrassing, embarrassing as a parent. And, and, and you know, I, I have to bypass everything that he's done good and tell him all this negative stuff and then tell him to get out of the car and go to school and do his best.
4: Right. And I think a really big point I want to make um, with our data that we ran um is that you know while some of the charges that were being given to the kids were like over assaults um or like drug possession the vast majority of them were from what they called disorderly conduct ticket so ticket stop
3: Ticket text stuff exactly. in their file exactly. that piles exactly. up, that piles up, that piles up. And at some point, you know, these are children. And, and this is the thing, Jamie, that black parents know that I need my white friends and listeners who are um, who are tuned in right now to this show to understand that the grace their kids get is not the same grace that our kids get. Um, I remember my son, Andrew, was a student at Second Baptist um, in Houston, Texas. A lot of people know Pastor Ed Young. It is a huge school. It is predominantly white. It is private. These kids in the junior high school brought liquor from their parents' liquor cabinets, and they all got drunk and sick at an event. And, you know, they put them all in a room, and they talked to them, and then they let them go. And so my question to the school at that point was, what type of punishment did they get? And they said, you know, we don't want to put anything in their file. We don't want them to get in any trouble. So we gave them a verbal warning, but we did not document it. And I thought they would never give that kind of grace to my child. If a bunch of black kids brought liquor to the school and they got drunk and sick, they would have gotten into so much trouble. So what I tell the school is if you're going to give grace to the white kids, give that same grace to the black kids or punish the white kids the way that you do the black ones.
4: And and I'm really glad you brought that up Um, because right now in Duluth, where we're having a lot of trouble is of course, you know, these disparities in policing, they don't only exist in the school. They also exist within the, just the police department in general. Um, In 2020, more than 55% of the department's use of forest incidents we're against people of color while the people of color only make up about eight, 9% of our population here in Duluth. And I, I bring this up, you know, this is something that I think we all expect at this point, that there's this disparity, but we reached a point with the police department here in Duluth, um, where in some of our conversations, they really, um, are seeing this data, this disparity. And instead of saying, okay, maybe we're over criminalizing certain kids, or maybe we're giving certain leniency to other kids. What they're trying to do with this data now is to say, well, this kind of proves that black and brown folks are the ones committing most of the crimes. Um, and they, what we found actually is they're able to hire consultants from all over the country here in Duluth. They actually hired someone from Seattle who's a prosecutor, former police officer, who now has a company called police strategies, LLC. And essentially his job is to kind of turn data in order to take these disparities that we see. And that I think should be glaring descriptions of racism And actually kind of tilt it, write these big reports, you know, 200-page reports, essentially explaining, actually, this has nothing to do with racism, has nothing to do with bias, has nothing to do with racial profiling, and just has to do with the fact that black and brown folks are committing all the crime. So what we're kind of dealing with right now in Duluth is kind of like this battle of rhetoric um, where we really, you know, what I'm just trying to remind people whenever I do interviews, whenever I'm on TV, whenever I'm speaking with the community, is these are all humans. And no humans are more likely to act more aggressively. No humans are more likely to commit crimes. While social factors definitely have some influence over the type of business that people might be able to do, the way people might be able to make their living, um, the conditions that they're living in, such extreme disparities. We're talking, I mean, you, you heard the disparity in the beginning, you know. We're talking mm-hmm. something like, and I'll, I'll repeat it here for you because I think this, this figure kind of does a number one in five black students at ISD 709's middle and high schools received citations, while only one in 140 mm. white students did. We're talking the deep north up here. This is, this is extreme. And yet, you know, I think that some of these officers, some of these administrations, particularly the, the police chief Mike Tuscan, who just retired, luckily, um, we're hoping to see a transition. They thought that they could get away with the explanation that this is just, because black and brown people commit more crimes, because these kids are troubled and they're behaving worse. And I think what we need um, from everyone out there, from the community, from folks like you, that's why I love that you have this show, just to remind that everyone is human. We are all human. We are all coming from the same likelihood to commit crime, the same likelihood to sell drugs, the same likelihood to use drugs. And that if we are seeing these disparities, it has to do with policy problems. It has to do with the practices of these law enforcement agencies. It does not have to do with these children, because that is absolutely inappropriate.
3: And, you know, I like to um, remind people about how we um, as a society look at things differently. Um, You know, when the crack epidemic happened you know, black people were criminalized for uh, being addicted to drugs and there were three strikes and you're out and they had super predators and, you know, terms like that. But then when the opioid crisis happened and white children and white people were getting addicted to drugs they started equipping the police with how to handle it and getting them therapy and they had the the you know the, the they could come in the police department with syringes in their arms and, and there was no uh, three strikes you're out there were no super predators you know they, they didn't you know label these people as, as criminals they gave them the help and the counseling and the therapy that they needed so they could get their lives back on track but they were ready to to throw the bath the child the, you know the, per, the person taking a bath out with the bath water the baby out with the bath water when these uh, people you know during the, the crack epidemic were addicted to drugs and if you think that that is not racial please think again now we are talking to Jamie Sharp um, he is a member of uh, Lean in Duluth now folks are texting me like who in the hell is Jamie and what is Lean we're going to tell you who he is and why he is an authority on This in that community, what lean does, and you know what? If you appreciate the conversation that you're hearing, how you can help when we come back. It is too hot on this show right now. I tell you, we are um having a very heated discussion about a story that my friend Jana Hollingsworth did in the Star Tribune. Uh, talking about how police ticketing in Duluth schools is is showing racial disparities. And the Duluth school board is expected to vote on a new school policing contract this month that's meant to improve the program. Now, listen, um, nobody is saying that we don't need to secure our schools. I went down to Uvalde. So I understand the need to have good security in schools. With the way that the world is going. But what I'm telling you is we need to have the right security. And they need to have the proper training. So that our black and brown children are not criminalized for minor things that any kid does. You know, and, and, and you know, we're talking to uh, Jamie Sharp. He is a member of the Law Enforcement Accountability Network in Duluth. And, and he is quoted in this particular story. And, and Jamie, you know, I, I've got kids with autism. And my son Daniel, if he wants to color with a particular blue crayon and he can't find that particular blue crayon, all hell might break loose in here. Um, And and so we have to keep seven or eight of those particular blue crayons in case one of them comes up missing. Um, He may uh, get aggressive. He may uh, harm himself. He may uh, try to get past someone. And and if he's in a regular school setting and the teachers see that and and they call someone, you know, he's doing that right now, Jamie, at seven. And if God doesn't heal him. Um, and he gets to be 17 and he's still doing that, they're going to call the school police resource officer and he's going to be arrested. Now, any other child who is not black or brown, um, they're going to call the counselor. But for my baby, they are surely going to call the police, which is why I work so hard now um, to try and get my children to a point where they can talk and communicate and self-regulate because I understand that he's seven now, but at some point he's going to be 17. And I want him not to have to interact with police when he does not need to. And we've seen these stories, Jamie, all the time where, you know, there's an eight year old black kid and they're trying to teach him a lesson. So they put the handcuffs on him and walk him to the police car and everybody at the school thinks that that's okay. And he's crying and they're laughing and smiling, thinking they're teaching him a lesson. They would never do a white kid like that.
4: Yeah, absolutely not, and I think, like, that's what's really interesting about when we look at how uh, the school districts are kind of contracting with the police in order to have police in their schools, what they call SROs, student resource officers. I mean, they're just school cops, right? And we talked earlier in the show about the disparities in how they're using ticketing um, and also just how they're using for citywide, but I think what's really interesting is when you look at the amount of money that they're spending on contracting out um to these police officers to keep them in the schools, where can that money go elsewhere, right? I think it said that it's a two hundred seventy-seven thousand dollar contract. Um mm-hmm. and you know that money could be going to to get more counselors, like you're talking about more people who can work specifically with these children. I think also it could be going to after school programming, it could be going to, towards more restorative justice circles. Um, we're we're talking about ways to actually help these kids who, who who are the ones who whether or not they are acting out who are ending up within the criminal justice system. You know, I think we did see earlier um, this summer an increase in juvenile violent crime here in Duluth. There were a number of high-profile shootings um, that really upset the community. And I think, you know, similar, like you were talking earlier in the show, instead of going and, and, and saying, seeing really what caused this, which really was, you know, you talk to anyone in town who knows about this issue, it has to do with the after-school programming Um, that it was shut down for a couple weeks. And that's when all Mm -hmm. this violent crime happened between juveniles. But no one's talking about that. Instead, Mm -hmm. what they're talking about is how it has to do with COVID and these kids are restless. And it's going back to that kind of rhetoric about these menacing kids, these black kids that are more aggressive. And no one's willing to say it, right, because we're in Minnesota, we're Minnesota nice. But a lot of, like, the comments that you see in the media are kind of going in that direction. And it ultimately leads back and, you know, we see this cycle over and over again, leads back to this hard on crime, tough on crime rhetoric, you know, and what I'm most worried about now, right? We're like two years after the George Floyd uprising in the Twin Cities where everyone seemed interested in police accountability is now, you know, people don't really seem to care anymore, especially white allies. And what we're seeing is this kind of swing of the pendulum. And more and more often, we're starting to see this tough on crime rhetoric. Um, appear once again like we did in the 70s and 80s um, and and it's often even coming from people who consider themselves progressive candidates, progressive politicians
3: Oh so yeah, you know yeah, it, 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 it's not trendy anymore you know, it was trendy when you know, uh, right after George Floyd died to say I'm an ally and I stand with um, you know, communities of color and we need to hold police accountable and you know, that summer is over You know, and 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 those of us who have been in the fight, you know, who have been here for decades, who have been marching and getting legislation passed, um, and and trying to see a change, you know, we kind of knew that this was trendy. So we tried to get everything done that we could during that summer to <laughs> to change things because we knew that, that all of these um, so-called allies and people who understood what was going on were going to fall off and, and join on to the next bandwagon trend. Um, and I can tell you, um, you know, legislation takes four or five years sometimes. You know, I work with Carrie Dietzik to pass the autism officer training uh, legislation that paid, um, that that made sure to fund training for officers so they would know how to deal with adults or people that they come in contact with who have autism. That took four freaking years. So this is not going to change or happen in a summer. you got to stick and stay um, in order for a real difference to be made. And and so a lot of people are not doing that. You are, Jamie. And, and, you know, folks are like, who in the hell is Jamie Sharp? And what authorizes him to be on your show talking about this today? Uh, Jamie is a member of the Law Enforcement Accountability Network. Um, LEAN um, is the acronym in Duluth. Jamie, tell us before you go about LEAN.
4: Yeah, so Lean Duluth, um, you can go ahead and check us out at leanduluth.org, L-E-A-N, duluth.org. And we're essentially a network of concerned citizens um, who really realize how important it is to get this data out in the public so people can base their knowledge of these issues off the facts, see the disparities We have a lot of, like, infographics that make it easy for people to see these disparities because it is really hard to kind of understand these issues when you're just talking numbers. But if you can see it, it makes sense. We also have a rewrite initiative where we're collecting stories of people's personal experiences um, with the police here in the Duluth region. And we also kind of host this website as a way for our sister organizations to put their initiatives on. We work really closely with the Duluth NAACP. And in particular, you know, I, I do want to give some hope to your listeners before we sign off here. We have had a lot of success, uh, success, actually, in the last two years. We got the city of Duluth to fund $600,000 annually to a non-police crisis response unit where folks who are trained in de-escalation, cultural sensitivity, who understand these issues, will be automatically dispatched for anything related to any kind of psych 911 call, housing issue, hopefully one-day drug-related issues as well. Um, and on top of that, we also just actually, as of this past month, um, pushed the St. Louis County Board, Board of Commissioners to cancel the contract with lean, or with, uh, Mend Correctional Care, which is a for-profit, um, corrections healthcare company. So this is a multi-million dollar contract. This group was responsible for many deaths of folks in prison, um, and in jail here in Minnesota. I think they've made $55 million of Minnesota taxpayer money in the past years and are responsible for 25 deaths in that time. So they're a horrible group, um, and we were able to get them pushed out and get a new contractor in the jail and actually double the amount of care that folks are receiving and increase mental health care as well for those who are incarcerated. So we have had some minor success, but I really highly recommend visit our website, get in touch, leanduluth.org, because we have so much work to do, as um, we were talking about today. We're still just barely breaking under the surface with these disparities in the school, with use of force, with traffic stops. And I do think it's a ripe time for change here in Duluth. We're going to have a new sheriff. We're going to have a new police chief. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do think that some of those transitions, while they won't fix systemic issues, um, they can kind of change the waters and just, it's, it's another opportunity. Um, we just got to take advantage of those chances.
3: Well, I thank you for being on the show with me today. We've been chatting with Jamie Sharp on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. He is a member of the Law Enforcement Accountability Network in Duluth. Y'all stick around. We're coming back.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: I cannot count how many times I'm in um, Hy-Vee at the um, urban hair section where they sell all the products for people and communities of color to use. And I'm getting some grease or I'm getting um, a brush for my daughter's hair. Or I'm getting um, some detangler. Or how often I'm at Target in the um, urban hair section. And I'm there picking up um, something for my boys, you know, to keep the curls all nice and tight. And I get a tap on the shoulder from, you know, a white mama with a mixed race kid who said, girl, help me. I do not know what to do for this child's hair. I did not have hair like this growing up. Neither did any of my family members. What do I need? And so I'm always, you know, taking the time to point them in the right direction and, and, and show them what products that I use for my children's hair. And, and a lot of times the products are just not there or available. And so I got to give them a website or go clear across town to try to find what we need for our family. Because a lot of times those those products are not sold um, in Cottage Grove where we live. Um, and, and so I was so excited to find out about and tell folks about, especially my white mamas with a mixed race babies who want to keep their hair cute for church and school, um, about the this big event coming up tomorrow, Twin Cities Natural Hair Beauty Expo. It is happening. It is happening. Y'all listen up because you are going to want to get there, to get products and find out how to take care of your children's hair, how to take care of your grandchildren's hair, how to take care of your nieces' and nephews' hair, Um, this event is for you. I have been looking forward to it, and I have also been looking forward to talking to the co-founder, Tiffany Delaney. She is joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the Shaletta Show. Thank you for having me, Shaletta. Now, I am so excited about the Twin Cities Natural Hair uh, and Beauty Expo. Tell me all about it, girl. Where is it? Where can people sign up? Give me the tickets, the website. Girl, my phone has just absolutely blown up right now just announcing this event. Oh, awesome.
0: Well, it is amazing. The Twin Cities Natural Hair and Beauty Expo, this is our fourth annual event. Um, We started in 2017. And, um, we've grown. And in 2017, we literally became one of the largest natural hair and beauty expos in the upper Midwest. Um, and, and primarily because of what you just said about the mixed children. You have, you know, so many parents that's like, my child's hair is not like mine. How can I educate myself yes. on how to take care of my, my daughter's hair? So this, that's our whole mission is to empower educate and encourage to encourage women to be who they are naturally because as long as you have healthy hair you have good hair
3: yeah and that's the thing um you know and and even me in my house my son has different hair texture than me um my husband grew up with fine hair and so my, two of my boys got hair like they daddy. I never had to deal with that kind of hair. I don't know what to use on it. Girl, I had them as slick as a bucket of KFC. And my <laughs> husband was like, why are you putting all that product on those children? And I said, well, that's what I use for my hair. And he said, well, don't you see that their hair texture, their hair type is a little bit different than yours. And so he washed their hair and, and, and you know, kind of told me what his mom used for him. And, and so I've got four kids, four sets of products because they have four different it's hair fantastic. types and and yeah. you know this event is not just about going and and getting um lipstick from tamika and lip esteem or you know Divina Pittman's uh you know natural products that she uses to make us all look and smell good you know that we're going to be doing a lot of that too but you're also going to have a lot of information for parents and so this is a, a, a an amazing opportunity but it's also an educational one right
0: that is correct. Yes, again, our mission is to encourage, empower, and educate, and 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 it's all about you know even though it's the Twin Cities Natural Hair and Beauty Expo, beauty for us is the total three hundred and sixty. So we're talking about financial literacy, we're talking about mental health, we're talking about maternal health, the maternal health gap between women of color. Um, so it's just not about the hair, but of course, women of color, our hair is our crown. So the hair and that's why that's the premise of the, the expo is our hair because we love our hair. Period. <laughs> we need to put a period yeah. behind that. So, and then once once we take care of our crowns, once we get you in the building and we're talk, we're drawing you in with your crowns. Now let's talk about you know all of the other things that we have going on as women: finding the right products for your hair, finding the right shades for your complexion. You know, finding the right way to express yourself when you're dealing with some type of mental health. All of that will be addressed at this Expo tomorrow.
3: You know, and, you know, we're talking about the education. We're talking about the product. But, you know, it, it's so important that we also talk about this being an opportunity for those small business owners like Devonna Pittman and Tamika Jones to have their products and services there and available for people to pick up and to buy that they wouldn't get anywhere else.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it you know, it creates a platform to, to allow entrepreneurs to of all walks of life to come showcase their product. There's a lot of business development partners that are there that are helped them, you know, with coaching and pitching. There's so many different moving parts to this expo, but it's really all about just standing in solidarity for one thing and one thing only, and that's natural beauty. And beauty is not just in deep. Beauty is within. Just the total beauty of a woman. But we got something for the fellas too, you know, because The men, we can't forget about the men. You know, these men got their natural hairstyles and rock their
3: beards and stuff as well. Right, right. And I'm telling you, um, this is so important, and I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get out there, how to participate. Give us the website. This is happening on tomorrow. Uh, Tickets, uh, general admission tickets are $10. And and where can folks go? Where is it going to happen? What time can they get in the door?
0: Sure. It's at the Delta Hotel, Minneapolis, and that's right off of 35 W and Industrial Boulevard. Um, doors open at 11 a.m. We run all day till 6 p.m. The stage is set. The stage is packed. We have Stylus in town from Tyler Perry Studios. We have um, Shaniqua Shande from the hit series Harlem. We have the singer Algebra. She's in town. So it's going to be a full, fun-filled day, and they can get their tickets online at our uh, website at TCNaturalHairExpo.com. And that's TC as in Twin Cities, NaturalHairExpo.com.
3: Well, uh, Tiffany Delaney, I can't thank you enough for being on The Shaletta Show, joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Much success for this event tomorrow. I can't wait to see it blow up my social media timeline with pictures and videos of all the amazing things you have planned. You all stick around. We've still got more to come. Love to um, blow Steve thompson's mind. I love it it's like my favorite thing to do like Steve and I used to have back to back shows um and, and but we still do, but we used to be in person and I used to be his producer and so I would do my show and because um, at the time they didn't value me enough to have a producer produce my show and I was my own producer yes I said that out loud Um, I would produce my show and then he would come in and I would always tell him about the amazing things that God had blessed my family with and he would just be blown away like he would come into the studio and I'd be like Steve I want an RV. And he was like, Shaletta, get the hell out of here. You didn't really win an RV. And I'm like, Steve, for real, like on Twitter, this guy, his name's Marcus Lomanas. He gave my family a class A RV. And Steve be like, oh, my gosh, Shaletta, that is incredible. And then I come in and be like, Steve, guess what? Uh, my son's book is going to be on the hood of a NASCAR, uh, and it's going to be in the race, and we VIP guests, and we got a chance to meet uh, 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 all the NASCAR drivers. Uh, and, 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 and he's like, Shaletta, get the heck out of here. You didn't meet no NASCAR. and I'm like for real, Steve. And so I had to ask Steve to come on my show so I could blow his mind because I like suck. My favorite thing to do, Steve. Are you there?
6: I I am. And <laughs> he, here's the thing: you always had photos to prove it. You always had you always had evidence. So I'm like I, I had to believe. I, I I still can't get over the RV. I still don't know how you pulled off the RV. That that is. That's that messed you
3: up right there, dude. Yeah. That one, that I think that one is still your favorite thing. I think it, that one
6: right it, there. It's incredible, and the NASCAR story <laughs> is pretty cool as well. And and I was sitting in for you when you were there at Road America and joined us. It, what an experience!
3: yeah it was and my kids are still talking about it i can't wait for them to share that you know with their friends at school and you know you and i both have kids who have special needs and we understand the importance of giving them those experiences um and, and allowing them to have something to share with their friends you know i, I remember before we got that rv steve you know my kids will come back from spring break or summer break and listen to all the stories about their friends and the things that they did and then they get to my kids and they, you know, didn't have nothing to say because we couldn't get on a plane because they were claustrophobic and we didn't want to fight with TSA. And, you know, if somebody touched them the wrong way. You know, we'd have a meltdown. And so we just kind of did some little local trips. But to be able to get in that RV and to travel across the country and give them those experiences, it just it, it was just a game changer for our family.
6: Well, and now I understand that you're making inroads into Fortune 500 boardroom, Shaletta. I mean, I, Steve. I, I saw this story, and it's it's incredible. Target, General Mills are all lining up.
3: Steve, can you believe it? I mean, you and I talked about me starting this podcast and platform. Yeah. You were one of the first people, not only that I told, but who encouraged me and said, you can do it, Shalotta. if you put your mind to it. I believe in you. And that gave me... Um, really the support that I needed to really believe in myself. And so we started the company two years ago to amplify diverse voices. And then after George Floyd died, you know, Target and General Mills said that they were going to support black media. And two years after that, you know, I went knocking on their door like, Hey, uh, where's the money that you said you were going to invest in black owned media outlets. And, you know, it took a lot of back and forth. It took a lot of meetings. It took a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, you know, a lot of tugging and pulling. But here we are, two Fortune 500 companies have invested in your friends' little old podcasting platform. They are not only sponsors, but they are partners. And, you know, anybody who comes on board, Steve, and, and joins me as a sponsor on laugh.com, they got to get ready to do work in the community. You know, it's not just for me about running your ads and highlighting your products and goods and services and playing your commercials. It's also about getting out into the community to help people. So when I got ready to go to Uvalde, I don't think General Mills was a partner for a week. And I hit them up and was like, we're going to Uvalde. We're going to help these kids. Uh, We're going to make a donation to the library. I need $5,000 today, you know. Um, And they were like, "Okay, Shaletta, where you want us to send a check? Same with Children's Minnesota. Children's Minnesota came and brought the check to my house because they wanted to make sure it got here on time. And so the fact that these companies um, understand the importance of black media and they value the work that we um, do in the community and support that. It, it it just means so much. So now i got to make sure 3M, Ecolab, uh, uh, Medtronic, uh, Sun Country, and all the rest of them come on board because now is a time to begin to do the work in the community that you promise you do and the work that needs to be done.
6: And no one should doubt you. No one <laughs> could doubt you that that you will get it done. I, I, I've learned that over the years, you will get it done, and, and it is incredible. And and Shalata, what what's extraordinary about it? R- really, against all odds, the, you faced a lot of headwind to get where you're at.
3: Yeah, and you know, it's just the grace of God and good friends like you and Chad Hartman um, who support me. But I tell you, it it's nothing short of a miracle. To see what God has done with this podcast and platform, you know, with me and these kids and, you know, everything that we have accomplished in two years is amazing. So I thank you for the love and support. And I thank you all for listening. Steve's coming up next. You don't want to miss Tech Talk. So stick around.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?